Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of E.W. Jackson for America. Great to be with you again today. Um, folks, it's Friday, and of course, every Friday I offer this. This doesn't really tend to work out on this particular program, but I offer an opportunity to respond to your questions or comments uh, by email me, emailing me at ewjackson at ewjackson.com and I will respond to any questions or comments that you might have because I call Friday First Amendment Friday where I try to give my audience an opportunity to be heard. And on my radio program, I do that three quarters of the program is all audience questions and comments that I respond to. So I want to do the same thing here on EW Jackson for America. Um, uh, I, I am up to... Book number 21. If you sign up as a Patriot partner today, if, you if your name comes in next, you will be at book number 23. Okay, I'm numbering my books that I'm signing and giving them the official number. And I am up to book number 22 that's going out to 22 Patriot partners. Okay, I've reserved a, a few numbers, but, but it's close to that. I've got a few reserved for our, um, our Stand Awards dinner that's going to happen on May the 16th. Please mark that on your calendar. It's going to be on May the 16th at the Tyson's Corner Marriott in Northern Virginia, right outside of D.C. That's May the 16th. Uh, you can put a save the date on that. We'll be sending out information about that here shortly. So please put that down. I'd love for you to come. Okay, we're going to have a wonderful time. We're going to honor uh, some wonderful people and, uh, and raise some money to continue the mission of bringing Americans together across racial and cultural lines. So if you sign up today, go to standamerica.us, sign up today for a minimum contribution of 25 bucks a month. I will send you a signed copy of my book, Numbered. And if, you if yours is next, now, now folks, don't hold me to that because my staff may know things that I don't know. And it may be that names have already come in that I'm not aware of. I'm signing the books. They're giving, feeding me the names. But the last name, I, the, the last number I signed off on was number 22. Okay. Number 21. Sorry. Number 21. So next is number 22. Um, so take advantage of that. And you'll get a free copy of the book. And, of course, you become a Patriot partner with us at Stan, staying true to America's national destiny. And I won't go into all the things that we're doing. We had a big year planned in 2023. In fact, I sent out a letter a couple of days ago. If you didn't get that letter from me, um, make sure that you are signed up. Go to standamerica.us, sign up so that we make sure you make sure that you are getting uh, my emails, and that'll keep you up to date. In fact, our annual report's about to come out for what we did in 2022. Great annual report about the progress we made in 2022. That'll be coming out soon. Um, in fact, I think that's going to be completed, um, well, within the next several days. Because I, I looked at the final copy, approved the final copy just yesterday, as a matter of fact. That'll be out shortly. So, big spread of everything we've been doing everything we did in 2022, so that you know your contributions are not going in vain, okay? We're actually getting stuff done. We're actually making an impact. And I want the impact to be greater in 2023 than it was in 2022. That's the way we got to keep moving forward. We got to keep making progress. And we got to keep fighting back. We got to keep standing up. In fact, we got to go beyond that. And we've got to have a forward vision for securing America's future. Let me say that again. We've got to have a forward vision 
a forward-looking vision for uh, uh, securing America's future. What do you think about this, folks? I, I was, I've used this analogy before. I've said, you cannot drive your car looking in the rearview mirror. And I, I really believe that the Holy Spirit was stirring me as I, I began to think about that analogy. And I thought, if you turn your head, you drive, say you're driving, and you turn your head to look in the rearview mirror, it's contorted. You're going to cause a crook in your neck, number one. And you know what? Number two, depending on what speed you're trying to move at, you're going to kill yourself. It's suicidal. You can't drive a car like that. It's suicidal. Not only will you kill yourself, you'll kill some other people very likely as well. And that is what the left is doing. They're trying to get us to drive at breakneck speed into the future by constantly looking back at the past, looking back at slavery, looking back at Jim Crow, looking, you know, for 400 years ago. I mean, you can't live that way. It's self-destructive. You will kill yourself and you will kill others. And if you try to lead a society that way, you will destroy that society, which is exactly what they're doing today. They're trying to destroy American culture. Well, that's a great way to launch what I want to talk about primarily today. By the way, let me mention also, I'm going to be in Dallas, Texas on January the 29th. Uh, that's one week from Sunday on January the 29th at 5.30 p.m. at First Baptist Church. And uh, so if you're in the area, in the Dallas area, stop by and see me. I will be signing my books there, okay? And um, I'll be speaking there, of course, and signing my books there. So come on out, check it out if you're in the area. But I, I want to talk to you today about, uh, yesterday I talked about the fact, or maybe it was the day before, but I talked about the fact we have got to not allow the narrative of the left to, to become rooted and grounded in the minds and hearts of people. We have got to stop it at every turn. That means we got to speak up against it no matter what. We got to refuse to cooperate in any way. So folks, that's why you don't hear me say gay. Because that was an appropriation of a perfectly good word that meant happy, carefree, um, lighthearted, and it's now been appropriated for a sexual purpose. And I refuse to buy in. It's homosexual. Now, I'm, I'm told that they're, they're now creating these speech codes where that homosexual is a bad word, but that's what it is. I mean, they want to be recognized. I'm talking about the activists now. I'm not talking about people living their private lives, doing whatever they do. They don't consider it to be anybody else's business. It's theirs. We don't care. We care about them as human beings, obviously. But really, it's none of our business how they live. It's none of our business what they do. That's ultimately between them and God. I'm not talking about those folks. I'm talking about the activists who are hell-bent, and I use that word specifically, and intentionally, that phrase, 
hell-bent, because that's what they represent. They represent hell. On transforming the nature of the culture and all morality, but first and foremost sexual morality, because they reject God, they reject godly morality, and therefore they reject sexual morality, and what they really want is a libertine, depraved culture in which anything goes, including sex with children. I said, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I can see Facebook censors. Oh, we got to stop that. We... Why else would you want to talk to a three-year-old about their sexuality? Why else would you want elementary school children at a drag queen story hour in which artificial breasts are bouncing around and the kids are given money to put into the, the underwear, the whatever the, uni the, 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 the costume is of a drag queen? Why, I mean, why else would you do that? People say, you know, they, they want to censor you if you call that grooming. Of course it's grooming. You are sexualizing young kids who are innocent and know nothing about this stuff. They ought to be out playing with their trucks or playing with their dolls or riding their bikes or, or whatever kids do today at that age of life. They ought not be in a drag queen uh, 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 burlesque show watching some sick, depraved individual parade around and shake himself trying to act like he's a woman when he's a man. Why else would you do that to kids? Of course they're grooming them. What are we, fools? I mean, let's face it, folks. <clears throat> In an earlier era, and I'm not justifying this or saying this is right, okay? It's not right. That's not the way we respond. But in an earlier era, you'd have gotten shot. And frankly, nobody would have thought anything of it. You're messing with kids that way, we're going to kill you. And here again, let me just say for the record, I'm not justifying. I'm a Christian. I don't believe that that's the right response. All I'm pointing out is how much they have able, they've been able to manipulate the culture and change our mores so that now, not only are you not getting shot for it, but in many circles, you're getting praise for it. And anybody who criticizes you, they want to shoot that person, like me. I don't know whether you're all aware of this, but I had, had an investigation. A guy called me and threatened to shoot me. And turned out this guy was a homosexual activist. I'm not threatening to shoot anybody. And I'm not encouraging that. I denounce that. It's not right. I, let, me, so let me just make that clear. I'm simply drawing a contrast between where we are now as a culture and where we were then in terms of our understanding of right and wrong. We are in an Isaiah 5 moment in our country, which is that people are putting darkness for light and light for darkness, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, evil for good and good for evil. They are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. I think that's Isaiah 5, 22 through 24, if I'm not mistaken. And, but you, you, you're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to, because, in fact, I just read in Davos, um, the, the leader of Colombia, the, I guess the president of Colombia, is saying that, um, well, this may be somebody else, because there are a couple of them, but one of the, these um, state leaders was saying that America is going to pass hate speech 
legislation and make it a crime to engage in hate speech because that's the right thing to do and Americans are going to get that done. Here's, here's the only problem. One person's hate speech is another person's freedom of expression. What I just said to you about grooming, about exploiting children, about the fact that when you reject God's morality, you reject biblical morality, you reject traditional morality, it leads to depravity, it leads to degeneracy. I said where you, you reject God's rules for, for sexuality, and I said you create a libertine culture in which anything goes, including having sex with children. Now they would say, oh, that's hate speech, that's hate speech. No, it's the truth. It's the truth. Now, speaking of, of forward-looking, and I, th th I got to get to something else here in a second, but well, let me just say this. Speaking of being forward-looking, uh, let me just say, I really believe that one of the important steps we need to take to get out of this is we need to have two constitutional amendments, and I've got several that I would propose. One constitutional amendment is to define... In fact, let me see if I can find it. I'll read it for you. One constitutional amendment is to define marriage as a union between one man and one woman, period. A constitutional amendment. Then the Supreme Court doesn't have anything left to say about it because the people will then have spoken. And the Supreme Court can't say or do anything about it. And that's where we need to go. Let me see if I can find this constitutional amendment that I drafted. Um, well, I need to label these. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here's one. It says, it's my proposal for a constitutional amendment. For purposes of this Constitution and the laws of the United States and the laws of the District of Columbia, any state or territory of the United States, in other words, for, all, for everything under our aegis, all references to sex or gender shall mean and only be defined as man or woman or synonymously male or female. No person born with the physiology, biology, and genetics of one such gender shall have any legal claims or right to civil action or alteration of a birth certificate arising from the choice to identify as another gender or alter his or her natural gender with hormone treatments or surgery. Now, in other words, the person can get hormones. They can do that. But what they don't have is a claim of right or civil action based on that. That's what this is getting at. Nor shall the governments of the United States, the District of Columbia, or any states and territories of the United States recognize for purposes of legal or constitutional rights any alteration of an American citizen's natural gender, issuance of a new passport, or identity card, or change in birth certificate in or by any foreign country or jurisdiction. In other words, you go to another country and you change your identity, you go to another country and you get a new ID, too bad. You're born a man here, you remain a man legally. Now you can do what, wear whatever you want to wear, 
You can act however you want to act. You can do whatever you want to do. But for purposes of legal recognition, you will only be recognized as a man. If that's what you were, you were born a male, you will only be recognized as a male. You were born a woman, you will only be recognized as a woman. That's it. See, that's the end of all this stuff. Well, well Johnny came to school and he wanted to be Jane and we, gave, we let him be Jane and we gave him a dress and all. You, you would not be permitted to do that. This would be a constitutional amendment that would prohibit that. Johnny and his parents can do whatever they want to do with regard to him wanting to be Jane. But the school system must recognize him as Johnny, treat him as Johnny, give him the same legal status as any other male. He could not play on female sports. He could not be in female locker rooms. He could not shower with females. He, not, all of that would be out. Now, now that, that is a constitutional amendment that might, maybe it needs some work, as I just read it to you, but you get the gist of it. In other words, constitutionally, we are not playing these legal games anymore, where, oh, you started this job as a man, now you're a woman, now I got to let you in the women's restrooms, and now you got to play on the women's teams, or now you, 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 you're in college, now you, joined, you, you, you came to college as a guy, now you're a girl, and you want to play on the girls' hockey team, and you want to play on the girls' swim on the girls' swim team, all, all of that would be out. That'd be done. And, you know, I'm, I'm convinced the American people are going to have to speak on this stuff, or, or we're going to lose our culture. It's going to become a culture of degeneracy. It's going to become like Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's the other one. Under the law, this is a, what's one on marriage. Under the laws and constitution of the United States and its various municipal and state governments, marriage shall be defined as a union between one man and one woman, whether performed by a civil magistrate or religious representative. Any Supreme Court decision purporting to legalize same-sex unions or other relations as marriages is hereby rendered null and void, and all such relations entered into under the authority of any such ruling shall be deemed civil unions or private contractual relations under the laws of the United States. Unions entered into in a foreign country between two persons of the same gender or multiple persons of the same or different genders deemed to be marriages under the laws of the country where such unions entered into shall not be recognized as a marriage under the laws of the United States. Folks, I think that's what we've got to do. Or this stuff is just going to get worse and worse and worse. And what we're seeing now in terms of the treatment of our children this, that's where it started, with this so-called legalizing same-sex marriage. There's no such thing as a same-sex marriage. You can call a mouse an elephant, but that doesn't make it so. It's just a, a union, just two people who wanting to, want to live together and have sex together and all that, but whatever they want to do, but it's not a marriage. And it never will be in the eyes of God. Now, I realize that the Supreme Court has spoken, and it's legal here in the United States of America, but as a matter of conscience, I don't recognize it. And Christians who are Bible-believing Christians can't recognize it. We're prohibited from doing so because God calls that whole relationship an abomination, which means a particularly detestable sin in the sight of God, 
And I say the reason why it's particularly detestable is it is not only a violation of God's moral law, it is a violation of God's natural law as well. In other words, when a man and a woman get together and commit adultery or fornicate outside the bounds of marriage, that is a violation of God's moral law. It is not a violation of God's natural law because God made men to be with women and women to be with men. It is still wrong, mind you. It is still sin. But homosexuality is a double sin. Okay. Got that out of the way. My, my point of saying all of that was simply to say this. Don't buy into the vocabulary. Don't buy into the culture. You establish your own set of norms. You hold fast to them because the more we buy in, every time we compromise, every time we give in, they take what you give them and then they demand more. And it's time to say stop this far and no further. That's why I don't use the term African-American, because I really believe in the unity of this nation as one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. How are we going to do that if we tribalize each other? I'm an Irish American. I'm an African-American. I'm an Italian-American. We're Americans. I know we're Americans of different backgrounds and ancestral origins, and that's fine. But um, until we understand we are Americans first, that our ancestors may have come on different ships, but we're all in the same boat now. We are heading for cataclysm. Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. I, I absolutely am committed to the vocabulary of unity, and I reject the vocabulary of division. I reject the vocabulary of tribalism. Because that's what the left is trying to sell us. The vocabulary of tribalism. Slicing and dicing us, race, gender, this, that, and the other. Okay, here's the other thing I want to say to you. Uh, and I really thought I would spend most of the time on this, but now I've only got about eight minutes to, to wrap this up. What the left tries to do is whenever you begin to identify truth and expose what's going on, they try to minimize, marginalize, and, and discredit you by saying, well, that's a conspiracy theory or that's an extremist theory. So here's one of the things that they're criticizing right now. They call it displacement theory. Um, the first time I think it was talked about publicly by anybody prominent, I think Tucker Carlson talked about this effort to, to flood our country with illegal immigrants. Now, he may well have talked about this from a racial perspective. I want to try to change that up and get you to think about this differently because here's what they say. Yeah, these bunch of racists, they think that we're trying, to, we're trying to displace white people. We're trying to displace white people. And some people buy into that and say, well, that's exactly what's happening. That's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. They're trying to displace anyone who holds a... They're trying to displace the power of the people who hold a traditional patriotic view toward our country and believe in free markets, believe in individual liberty, believe in the Constitution, believe in the First Amendment, religious liberty, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and all of that. They're trying to displace those people who believe in that. Now, you might say, well, the majority of those people are of European, are Americans of European ancestry. Maybe. 
but a lot of them are from different backgrounds. But they, they want to displace them too. They don't want patriotism in America. They don't want people who believe in the Constitution, and they don't want people who believe in limited government. I'm one of those people. They want to displace me too. See, it's not, look, race is just the convenient way of trying to identify the people who they think are most susceptible to their demonic appeal because they come from de depra uh, they come from deprived circumstances and they think by bringing them in and putting them up in hotel rooms and and giving them uh, 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 you know uh, feeding them and clothing them and giving them all telephones all that they'll say oh man those Joe Biden and those Democrats those aren't they great they don't care about the color of these people's skin but that is that is the convenient short uh, 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 abbreviated tool of identifying the people who they think are most susceptible but they don't really care whether they come from Ireland or Eastern Europe or anywhere else as long as they will come in and accept this expansive view of an unlimited government a socialist regime as opposed to a constitutional republic, this, the quote-unquote progressive vision for the future of the country, as long as they will buy into George Soros' vision for the country, empty the prisons, it's not right, it's not equitable. They don't care where they come from. Now, that is not to say that this does not have a racial element. That is not to say I just admitted that is a short and abbreviated way of trying to identify the people who are most susceptible to this Marxist vision that they have for our country. So there is a kind of replacement theory that they are going through. And I can prove it to you that that's, that's not the way we think. That's not some kind of wild-eyed conspiracy theory on our part, but that's just what the left says because, of course, that's, that's what they want everybody to think. They want this dismissed. If you've never read this book, Brown is the New White by Stephen Phillips. That's exactly what he says. They, this book is about Brown is the New White is talking about how to create a new majority in America but the book says this new majority is based upon quote unquote progressive or leftist or what I would call them Marxist and communist quote unquote whites or Americans of European background who they can cajole into buying into their own self-destruction. And it is self-destruction that they're getting to buy into. And all the quote unquote people of color who are oppressed by America and oppressed by the Constitution and oppressed by capitalism and oppressed by everything to buy into a socialist Marxist vision. At Davos, one of the leaders said, I think this was the head of Columbia, said, we have got to get rid of capitalism because capitalism is responsible for the injustice, the climate change, everything wrong. Capitalism is at the root of it. 
So brown is the new white. Steve Phillips, who is a, uh, a member of the family of the um, Wachovia family, they're billionaires. He wrote this book as a blueprint. He didn't write this book for conservatives. He wrote this book for liberals as a blueprint, how we get this country completely transformed into what we want it to be. And he does say in this book, his thesis is that the way to do that is you've got to get the, what he put, the brown people, the people of color, to go along with our bizarre vision, our wicked, demonic vision, progressive vision for what this country ought to be. You notice in Davos, for example, they are busy praising Communist China, Communist China is doing so much for climate change. Communist China is doing so much for the world. Communist China is doing more. Even John Kerry bragging about China is doing more than most people recognize. They love that totalitarian system. They love that top-down, no-freedom system because it allows them to control everything and everybody, and that's what they want. They just happen to think that people from south of the border are the most susceptible to this vision. But you have to remember, the Bolsheviks arose in Russia. They're, they're quote-unquote white. They're Europeans. The, 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 the communists arose in China. I mean, they're Asians. The problem is not the color of the skin, as I say in my book. It's not the skin, it's the sin. Now, we, we Christians, particularly, and conservatives, cannot buy into this racial theory. Oh, they're trying to displace white people because they hate white people. They, look, they're not trying to displace white people. They're trying to displace certain ideas. And if they could get those people who embrace their wicked ideas from Ireland or France or Italy or Britain, they'd be glad to have them. Because what they want is to transform the country and they don't care how they do it. They just believe that the easiest way to do it, one straightforward way to do it, is you get a bunch of people who are much more susceptible to their wicked vision because they come from deprivation. And of course, they're going to tell them, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you. You, you don't have anything to worry about. We've got a vision for giving you everything you need. We'll give you food. We'll give you clothing. We'll give you health care. We'll give you housing. We'll give you a car to drive. We'll give you a TV to watch. We'll give you a phone to call on. We'll give you everything. Just come in here and when we finally make your citizens vote for us. If they got Irish people to buy into that, they'd gladly take them. If they got French people to buy into that, they'd gladly take them. Of course, if they can get Colombians and Guatemalans and um, uh, people from, um, uh, you name it, in Central and South America, Mexico, wherever, they'll take them. But you, did you hear uh, Representative Solazar when she was in, in Davos? And she was saying, we've got to have a pathway for bringing people out of the shadows. These are people who look like me. Well, if you see this woman, if you didn't hear her speak with, a, with a, just a, a, a faint Hispanic accent, 
she's what we popularly call white. Because you know that the people in South America, as a result of Spain colonizing South America, you've got indigenous people, you've got people of European background, you've got people of African background. South America is really a, a, a kind of, of, uh, of hodgepodge of people of all kinds of different backgrounds. And Maria Salazar, we would call her a white person. But she's there to say, they look like me. They look like, I'm thinking, what, what is she talking about? She happens to be a Republican, but you see, they don't care what they look like. That's just, that's just code language for, they're likely to buy into my vision for what life should be. I'm very disappointed because I thought that she was a conservative Republican. It's clear that she's not. She's really one of them, not one of us. She, she, and, and she made that quite clear. Anybody who goes to Davos and is part of that, your antenna of suspicion ought to go up immediately. Okay. Well, look, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I am going to fulfill my word and I am going to, um, I'm going to check my emails before I go and fulfill my word just in case someone has emailed me, I think that's it. Someone has emailed me and, uh, and, and you know, I didn't, I don't want to miss it. You know, because I keep saying, I will respond to your questions, I will respond to your comments. And then somebody does, um, uh, ask me a question and then I don't see any. And then I don't, I don't do anything with it. And then they say, well, he's not, he's not really checking. So I checked. I don't, I don't see anything uh, from anybody. Uh, let me just do one more quick check to make sure that I don't see anything from anybody. And nope, I don't. So look, folks, God bless each and every one of you. Have a wonderful weekend. If you're here in the area... I will be at my church at 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake, Virginia uh, at 11 a.m. for worship services. We'll start live streaming at about 1120. Uh, so come on by if you're in the area. If you're not, you can check us out online. In the meantime, folks, you have a wonderful weekend. Go to church wherever you are. Worship the Lord. I pray that you're going to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching church that has a pastor who is willing to take the Word of God and apply it to the issues of the day and not run from it, shirk from it, not be a coward, but be a courageous man of God. I pray that you have a pastor like that. So in the meantime, God bless you. We're going to win, okay? Because Jesus has already paid the price for our victory. So you stand up, you step up, you speak up, you refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we, are on God's side.